This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is choosing the right partner. Yes. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, what makes a person creepy, and there's a new sex drug on the market. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one woman who can't decide if she can deal with her guy's insecurity and another who wants to know how to maintain that honeymoon phase. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest back to the podcast. Jillian Trecki is a New York City certified relationship coach and yoga teacher. She's trained and working with individuals, couples, and families. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard her before. She's my yoga teacher, and I've also gone to many of her relationship talks. She tells it how it is. That's why we love her. Please welcome back to the show, Jillian Turecki. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. You've actually been on twice before. Crazy. I, know. I think your the, third time here. The only guest that's been on that much. It was like yeah. one and a half times. It was a full yes. podcast. Yeah. A full podcast. And then we had one episode with three guests. But yes, she is a right. three time return guestee. Wow. Yeah. You guys are my favorite. So, what's been going on since we last talked to you? Like, tell us some about like the people you've been working with and what you've learned. Oh, God. In, in that gap of time. Oh, God. I, I'm constantly learning um what if well i i a lot of stuff has been going on uh one just a lot of different projects one is i'm going to be starting to write a book this fall that's exciting which is really exciting and um i started i'm about to launch a a membership sort of coaching membership um program that's just for women who, so that they can work on their relationships with themselves and their relationships with others. And it's really going to be um, a place where women of all ages can come to, whether they're single, whether they're in a relationship, whether they're heartbroken or whether they're struggling with a family member and really where to um, to transform and just get more connected to themselves and to really get very powerful tools. Basically all the tools that I give my private clients I'm throwing into the membership. Do you find that romantic relationships are the thing that people come to you the most about or women? Yeah. People come to me the most about love. So whether they're struggling in a current relationship or they're single and they are having a hard time or they've recently come out of a relationship and they're really struggling but um yeah that i mean people come to me for a lot of different reasons but that that would be the main thing i mean if you're not that's a, it's such a big area of life it's like money and love and sex it's all that matters right <laughs> and you talk to people about all of those i do because it's all connected you know and basically what i'm helping i mean if i'm working with couples i'm helping them to transcend their insecurities and transcend their crap so that they can communicate better because we never learned how to communicate in school. And then when I'm working with singles, it's, it's, I mean, we, I go very deep with people. So it's, you know, I am having a really hard time or I'm keep dating the same kind of person. I have these insecurities and it's tough. I mean, it's tough for everyone. Um, I work with both men and women, but I really wanted to create this platform just for women because I I think that we have struggles 
that are unique to us, just like men have struggles that are unique to them. And I really wanted to create a safe space for women to work on themselves. How are love, money, and sex connected? How are money, love, and sex connected? Well, one thing that... um, So when you think about, for example, uh, like if you... uh, A lot of people... How can I put this? I mean, like, I feel like they're connected in yeah. my own personal life, but I'm just curious to know from uh, there's, from there's really, you working with so many couples yeah, who tell you they're, like, deepest no, darkest. No, well, there are definitely things that people are insecure about. Yeah, yeah I mean... And, like, reason, just dealing with money in, like, a new relationship, especially when you all. are, like, committed and you're got to, like, okay, are we going to combine accounts? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. And then, like, keeping the sex life up. Like, of course, they... It, feels like they're all connected i'm just curious from your point of view how you've seen them connect. i think the reason why i fumble with my words is because there's so many layers to it and i could literally we could go deep into two hours just talking about how money and love are related but um people are funny about love and people are funny about money and they're both taboo they're both taboo and uh Especially if you're someone who... Well, sex is more than love, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. People are funny about it. Yeah, not love is not taboo, but, but sex can, can be taboo. Um, I, there are people who are really stuck in this I don't have enough mentality. Some people like to call it scarcity. And if they're stuck in that mentality, then it's like, I don't have enough love. I don't get enough attention. I don't get enough money. There's also the... Something that um, I think women, not all women, but I do think that this is more women related, they have a hard time asserting their needs. And that can come into play when they're asserting their needs for asking for a raise or asking for more money or asserting their needs within a relationship. So there is a little bit of that. There's a little bit of worthiness that's thrown in there as well. Um, But, and also, it's not uncommon to find that someone who is stingy with their money is also stingy with their attention when mm. it comes to a relationship. And well, because they're so like me, 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 me. Yeah. Well, and also just because we we we're fearful of not having enough of it mm-hmm. and giving it away, and so that really goes back to a scarcity mindset. And you know, the the exchange of love and intimacy is just energy and money is just energy and and another way that they're not that they're connected is that you know love is just life's greatest mystery and relationship is life's greatest mystery and money doesn't have to be a mystery but it is to a lot of people because they, they didn't have people in their lives who taught them how to make it and it represents all these other things. It's symbolic. And love is symbolic to a lot of people as well. So it's And they both can be caught up in like worthiness. A worthiness. R- right or wrong. Like feeling like if you make a certain amount of money, you're worthy. If you if you have like love or attention from certain types of people or the people you want it from, you can sure. feel a sense of worthiness if you are the type of person that can't find it in yourself. So sure. they seem connected to me in that way too. Absolutely. And then what I will find, you know, whoever I'm working with, if they start let's say I'm we're let's say we're focusing on their career which I do focus more on relationships, but the career is always part of it. And they learn how to, if they struggle with asserting their needs, whether it's to a boss, whether it's making a career transition, whether it's going after what it is that they want, and they start to develop that muscle, 
then they develop a greater sense of confidence. And then that confidence goes into their love life and vice versa and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. So this week we're going to talk to you about um, choosing the right partner, Mm -hmm. which we're really excited about because it's something that a lot of our listeners struggle with. I mean, we've all struggled with at some point knowing who the right person is for you. And lucky for us, you have certain rules. (laughs) One of them um, is to quote you, it's if you're looking to get high, don't use a relationship to get to get you there. Instead, in order to have a relationship that really works, we must pursue meaning. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how you came to that. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I can remember even in my, in my own life and especially in a lot of, you know, also with a lot of people I worked with is, so the people, let me backtrack. The people who I work with who are really struggling in relationship. And what I mean by that is, let's make it specific to single people. They are having lots of short-term dramatic affairs that don't turn into anything. You know, that's like the one month to three month love affair. And um, they want something more, but they keep going after the person who makes them feel really high in the moment and they find, they find each other. And that is not, it's, it's, you know, look, the beginning of, you can't last. Yeah. It can't last. Look, the beginning of a relationship is super exciting. And I think that, you know, you got to kind of roll with it, but you don't know if someone is right for you or you're right for them within the first six months of a relationship, because you are in that very dopamine triggering as, uh, uh, level. Phase. Yeah, yeah, phase. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so that's really what I meant. So when I say meaning is you, you can't expect someone to make you happy, but you can expect someone or want someone to contribute to your happiness. And I think that that's the same, th- and the same thing. You can't actually make someone happy but you can contribute to their happiness. And I think that what you want to do is create a relationship that's meaningful rather than just like, oh, we're happy all the time. I love that. Cause yeah, it's cause then when that goes away, because you know, nobody has enough dopamine to last a lifetime. (laughs) Just like, you know, sustaining that. It's going to go up and down. And then when you don't feel for a little bit, you're like, Oh God, this isn't right. And that's like when you very quickly like, you know, break up or kind of freak out. Um, so when you approached us about this week's episode, choosing the right partner, you said, Laura, I have a method. I can help people find the right partner. I have to come back on because I've developed a method to finding the right partner. We've got to talk about it. It's a five-step method. So let's just dive right into the method. It's five parts. The first one is you don't have to love being single, but you do have to like it. Number two, value your sanity. Three, know your temperament. Four, self-acceptance. And five, define your values. Tell us about mo- a little more about these five steps and sure. your method to how our listeners can find not just any partner, but the right one. Yeah. So just to be clear, it's like the what I mean by the right partner is like someone who you can have a long-term relationship with, hopefully for the rest of your life. But I also think that if you're 
I don't think because a relationship ends, it's necessarily a failure. You know? I feel that way too. Yeah. I've actually come, I mean, God, I hope Nick and I grow old together <laughs> sure. and like, you know, die notebook style holding each other's <laughs> hands. But I, the more and more I, I don't necessarily have come to believe that like if a relationship ends, it's not necessarily a failure because people can change and grow and like someone can be the perfect person for you for a certain like period in time in totally your agree. life. Totally I, I like more and more of like coming to understand Damn that when I, I see it in other people. It's hard to realize that when you first get out of the relationship. Sure. You're just like feeling the pain and the negative Unless emotions. you like end it beautifully like we've just grown apart. Okay. Like right. let's stay friends, have a happy life. Um, That, ha- you know, it'd be great if everybody, you know, consciously uncoupled like right. Gwyneth Paltrow more <laughs> frequently. But, and but I, I think sometimes she's she's got bitterness about Maybe. Right. Come no, on. they she's seem human. really great. They she's seem really being. great. That's all I got to <laughs> Okay, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. I But I'm glad, yeah. that, I'm glad to hear like an expert say this too because, yeah. you know, so much people preach like, uh, you've got to find the partner and it's got to be just one partner and then you get married and you're together forever and that is... That equals success. And that's, like, and and like divorce big, is a failure. And that's the big lie. Mm-hmm. And that's the big lie that we've all been fed. Although I will say, I think that the reason why, and we've, we've all experienced this, where you feel like you failed when a relationship ends is sometimes when a relationship ends, you know on a very like guttural, intuitive level that you could have done better. Not better in terms of a better partner, but you could have been better in the relationship. And you know it but you didn't do it. And that, you know, always comes down to you just didn't have the tools at the time. But I do think that that feeling of like, I failed is because you know that you could have done better. And then the opportunity then is, where I like to come is, I get that. Let's make sure you do better on the next round. And that is just about not so, you know, that does, part of doing better in the next round is choosing better but way more than that is actually growing up in between relationships and, own, and owning your part in and that's the relationship what I mean. and like accountability giving somebody, is going up. Yeah. yeah, giving to somebody in a way that makes them want to give back to you twofold. A hundred percent. And that's just growing up. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I have worked with so many people and I have my own personal experience. And then I have the experience of all my friendships with women over the years where they simply are just choosing wrong. And that's part of the deal. I mean, we have to choose a few ones that are not right for us and maybe even a toxic one just because we, I mean, we need the the experience. We can't grow. The comparison wa- a little bit. Yeah. yeah. There are lessons learned. There, well, there are lessons learned. I mean, Not we that everybody should have a toxic partner to compare right. when you've got like, oh, now I have a good one and you're so much better than that. <laughs> but, right. but maybe I shouldn't marry this guy. I need to have a toxic relationship yeah. first. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what we're <laughs> saying. No. But I think none of it's a waste. I mean, we just grow wise when we, ha- when we choose the wrong and, you know, we have lessons to learn and things that we need to learn about ourselves and, Sometimes that's really deep. If you have a, had a difficult childhood and if you've had a really challenging relationship with one or both of your parents, it's not a guarantee that you're going to have challenging relationships, but it's certainly, there is something correlative there. So there is a correlation there. Um, so yeah, so I, I came up with this method because there's I just realized that so many people, like one of the main things that they were, the main reasons why they were struggling in being successful and having a long-term relationship and really being fulfilled in that way 
is because they were just choosing so wrong. They were choosing totally based on their emotions. They were choosing just totally based on attraction. They were choosing totally based on that high that they were getting, that thrill that they were getting. And that's great when you're a teenager and maybe when you're in your early 20s, but like at some point you've got to smarten up. So tell us your method. Yeah, okay. So the first one is you don't have to love being single, but you have to like it. And, I, you know, I just kind of wanted to, like, get rid of the myth of you just have to love your single life and all of that, you know. that's that. First of all, that's a lot of pressure. But you do have to like it. You have to really appreciate what being single gives you. gives you a ton of freedom. It gives you the space to work on yourself, to work on something that perhaps in your life you've been wanting to work on. I mean, relationships take a lot of our energy and, and maybe single, it, it will remind you to like keep some of that independence when you're in your relationship if you if you like being single so 100%. that you don't leech onto somebody and make them your whole world and that's a lot of pressure on somebody that's a lot of pressure on someone and by the way people can sniff that out so if you actually want to be more attractive to someone have a life that you like that you that you're interested in one thing i've always loved about you as uh, a relationship expert is you put a lot of accountability on the person, you know, yeah. like I talk to a lot of therapists and coaches that are like, you know, they might put a lot of blame in other places. You put a lot of accountability on the person and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and some people might not want to do the work, but in a way it kind of gives people the empowerment that like, sometimes the change is you and like you can make the change and it, and it's, in a way, it's like more empowering and it's easier to place blame, you know? Totally. And it's easier to be like, oh, that guy was just a jerk. But like, you know, what 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 was the role? Maybe he was just a jerk, but what was your role in it? And you you kind of do, you kind of hold people accountable. I do. It's a, it's a big thing. It's a, I mean, I believe that we are actually, if we're going to make the world a better place, we have to be responsible for ourselves 100%. And at the end of the day, if you've had a lot of failed relationships, you know, what's the common denominator and all of that? It's you. And that's not in any way to make someone feel bad. I, it, like you said, I just want to empower people to be like, okay, like, let me like, let me put my grown up pants on and figure this out. Cause I want people to be fulfilled in their relationships. Mm -hmm. I really do. And they're not going to be if they don't take responsibility. So yeah. you have to like being single. Yeah. That was just one thing I, I've always liked about you. So yeah, like being single, I totally agree with that, yeah. especially to maintain that independence. And, and then value your sanity. Yes. So tell okay. us about that. So um, if you actually really value your sanity and you value your peace, then you're not going to keep running after drama. This to me seems like a lesson that we all sort of learn as we get older and it's really hard to um, process what that means, I think, when you're in your early 20s. Totally. I think it is really hard to process, but, but not impossible. Right. Not impossible, you know? Um, and especially now we live in, there's like, it's like a different times. Like people are talking about meditation and spiritual practices in their twenties. I mean, I was into yoga in my twenties, but I wasn't really, I, I, you know, I was drawn to some something, some sort of spirituality, but I didn't really talk about it. I didn't really talk about bettering myself right. <laughs> in my 20s at all, actually. Um, so if you value your sanity at a high level, 
you're you're not you're you're gonna run away rather than towards any sort of drama and and that's one part of it but drama aside if you are if you really value your sanity and you're like a very neat person don't date someone who likes to have their home in total chaos that's going to be hard if you value your sanity and you have a certain viewpoint of the world and then you date someone who totally has a different perspective of the world i'm not saying that that can't work it's going to drive you a little crazy it's going to drive you just got to know what's going to drive you crazy you know Mm -hmm. really crazy Mm -hmm. and don't date it don't date it right and then number three, know your temperament. This seems related. It is related. So when I say know your temperament, it's sort of like knowing your nature. It's one very blunt way to describe it is like extrovert, introvert, which is there's such a huge spectrum for that. that but so, for example, I believe that a relationship has a better chance of being successful and working and also not just working, but two people are actually fulfilled in it and there's a, it's meaningful when their temperaments are either similar or they're complementary. So for example, um, an, an extreme extrovert and an extreme introvert can have really hot sex and be really attracted to one another, but they're going to have a hard time doing life together. And I'm talking about extreme, you mm-hmm. know, someone who really can't really be around other people that mm-hmm. much and the other one really has to be around other people that's just going to be difficult um also a really neat person and what i mean by neat is they have a certain level of order in their life like yeah that's they, like me i need to like Whitney, if i come home and my house is super messy i just feel like my whole life is in chaos it's hard for me to feel calm and focused yes and and if so if you were with someone who like right now this room's too messy for me right right <laughs> And that's fine. But if you were with someone who actually thrived in chaos, because some people do thrive in chaos. Sure, sure. You're going to have a hard time. Yeah, Nick's art studio thrives in chaos. But but yeah. But, it's, it's a stu- but you work but it it's out. it's a studio. It's a and studio. We, you work it out. But, yeah. But at home, he gets it. And I think it's just, but I think it's just also really important to understand what your nature is. And I think that that's really the whole point yeah. <laughs> of step three is like, get real with what it is that's, that's important to you and how you live your life. Um, if you're super, because I work with a lot of women who are anxious and have a certain degree of neurosis, which is just not uncommon at all. Um, I, I don't think two anxious people work well together. I think an anxious person and a really like steady person can work really, really well together. So that's yeah. one way that it's kind of complementary. So number four, self-acceptance. Yeah, this is this is a big one and this is like the one that basically I've been sort of doing most of my research on. I do a lot of research on self-worth and a lot of research on self-acceptance. I'm not a big fan of the term self-worth or self-esteem. I really think that what we're trying to do is figure out day to day how we can learn to accept ourselves Just more. Just accept our flaws and everything. Yeah, because, he, you know... Sorry. That's okay. Because uh, we have, we are all flawed and we are all capable of crappy things. I mean, we have to live with the fact that we have all done things that we're ashamed of. And there are things that we've done that, that other people have never, that we've never told anyone, but we're living with it day to day. 
And so the question becomes, can you show yourself as much, if not more mercy than you do as you do judgment? And kind of, you know, so you have your anxiety, sometimes you're lazy, sometimes you're procrastinator, sometimes you're manipulative. You know, you do your best to not do, to be those things. You do your best to be a better person every single day. But those things still exist. And you don't hate on yourself. You don't hate. Because that'll come across to people. People yeah. can sense it. Yeah, you don't hate on yourself. And the thing is, when you hate on yourself, you choose a very particular kind of person who's going to not really accept you either. And it's a vicious cycle. I like what you wrote in your newsletter about how you should kind of feel about yourself the way a parent feels about a child. Uh And then it's like, you don't necessarily like your kid all the time, but you love them always. And it's like, treat yourself that way. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, So number five, define your values. Yeah, so it's It's all... the last step of this method. Yeah, so I think um, what many people don't really define for themselves is their value system. And you have you have the value system that you're living your life according to subconsciously, whether you know it or not. And then you have the value system that you can decide to adopt because you want a better life. So if you live your life, you know, always taking the easy road, uh, making sure that you're always safe, making sure that there's always a lot of certainty, making sure there's always a lot of security, not taking a lot of risks well, then it is evident that you really value certainty, you know, that you have a value system that really is centered around that. But you also probably have other parts of you that's incredibly adventurous or likes to do certain things and and likes to explore. And it may not be as profound as maybe someone who really is like an explorer, but it's there. And it's important to nourish those values and define those values and to really think about what you want your vision for the future to be like, because at the at the end of the day, you need to be with someone whose values align with yours. And it's not about finding you in another person, because that would be really boring, because you want someone who's going to inspire you to grow, but you don't want to find someone who's going to stimulate your suffering. And I think knowing that difference is a game changer. I love that. All right. On that note, we are going to take a quick sponsor break, but... We are going to dive more into choosing the right partner later on in the podcast. And coming up next is What's in the News. We would like to thank our sponsor, Talkspace. Life can be stressful between work, family, and everything in between. It's not always easy to find time for yourself. Angela and I are big fans of therapy. We both go to therapy. We love our therapists. And it's just something that you got to prioritize. I mean... I, I love just having an hour to myself where I can just talk about all of my problems and everything I'm dealing with. It's it's a very sacred time to be able to just kind of be selfish and just focus on me. Normally when you're talking to a friend or a family member, you know, you have to be conscious of talking a little bit about yourself and then saying, okay, but like what's going on in your life? Like enough about me. Uh, how are you? How's work with you? What's going on with you? How are you feeling? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's it's just kind of nice to not have to be conscious of that for a little bit. I, I always love hearing what my friends are up to, but sometimes I, I just need to work through my stuff and have somebody that actually knows what they're doing and can and can really help me. And and also, you know, to be able to talk to someone that I know isn't gonna go, you know, share the stuff I tell them with other friends and not judge me because they're a therapist and it's their job. Just, therapy is just 
simply fantastic. And Talkspace is, is incredible because finding the right therapist, it can be very stressful, but it does not have to be. The Talkspace matching process takes your unique preferences into account to find you someone whose style and expertise matches your needs. And if you want to switch therapists, you can do so at any time at no extra cost. This, I think, is is like the best part. I, I don't know if you remember, but Angela talked about how I think she went on like she she said it felt like first dates with a bunch of therapists to try to find one. And and like that's not fun. Nobody wants to do that. So that's great that Talkspace has this matching process. They're also very affordable. One month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session. That's incredible. Best of all, you'll never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind. That that is something that kind of is a bummer about having an in-person therapist is like, like I have all these things I want to talk about and then I wait a week and I'm like, oh, I don't even remember what I wanted to talk about. With Talkspace, you don't have to wait a week. You can, you know, they're always available. Uh, Talkspace has more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use code SINGLE to get $65 off your first month to show your support for the show. That's SINGLE and Talkspace.com. I'm actually going to therapy today, guys, so have a good day and check out Talkspace. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news for us all to chat about? Okay, so I found myself on TED.com where they have like all TEDxy things. Um, and this was written by Julia Shaw. And it's what makes a person creepy and what purpose do our creep detectors serve? A psychologist explains. Um, I figured this was related to what we talk about here because a lot of people encounter some somewhat they might call creeps on the dating apps. Yes. So um, until recently, there was no science to help us understand creepiness. And then in 2016, Knox College did um, this study. Uh, They found that being creeped out is a result of basically our built-in threat detectors. So when we think somebody's creepy, it's us like trying to protect ourselves. Um, And to discover what people interpret as creepy, they asked, Uh, people to consider this scenario. Think of a close friend whose judgment you trust and imagine they've just met someone for the first time and they tell you the person was creepy. Um, How, if if you guys were in that scenario, how would you, what do you think that person would be like? What do you think some qualities they would have are? I'll let Jillian go first. No, you go first. (laughs) Uh, Qualities of a creepy person? Yes. Um, Maybe asking like too invasive of questions. Maybe yes. really was that one? That is one. Being like really invasive. Um, like maybe like kind of like hitting on like the friends. You know, being super creepy. Just uh-huh. Kind of yeah. I also think like not not being aware of like like physical boundaries. Yes, that was so okay. That was yeah. number one. Um, they so what they wound up doing was they they listed a bunch of characteristics and had them rate tell us on what levels they of are. What do we look out for? So first of all, almost all of them ninety five point three percent said that men were more likely to be creepy than women, <laughs> which is no surprise because like when you picture a creepy person, wasn't the person you're picturing a, a dude? Yeah, yes. sadly, yeah. Whether yeah. that's a stereotype or not, but I don't know yeah. why. I guess like as women, sometimes we feel threatened, and it relates to our built in threat detector thing. But anyway, so absolutely. Like, um, there were a whole bunch of things, but top five were the person stood too close, uh, the person had greasy hair, <laughs> the person had a peculiar smile, the person had bulging eyes, and the person had long fingers. Um, 
Oh man, I know. Wait, was this wait? Was this study done with women talking about men? I think it was men and women. Okay. Um, but so I'd be interested to know that, right? Be, yeah. And then they also said creepiest jobs in this order were clown, taxidermist, sex shop owner, and funeral director. The least creepy profession was meteorologist, which I don't even know any meteorologists, but I guess they seem <laughs> They're just friendly, yeah. not creepy. But so this um, psychi- psychologist who wrote this um, piece was talking about how like a lot of this, um, a lot of those creepiness factors were based on attractiveness. Um, and there was this other study where they had showed pictures of people that were criminals and then people that were upstanding citizens and people only identified people as creepy if they were unattractive, regardless of like whether they were a criminal or a Nobel laureate. Uh, so she kind of talks about how we should give people who we initially perceive as creepy a chance um, because we're, we're possibly being biased based on what she calls the halo effect, which she says is a, a bias that we have against people who are uh, less attractive. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? You know, I, I would want to know more about this study because my, it sounds to me like it was a study. Well, I would want to know how extensive it is first because these studies that are done, you know, they yes. don't really prove anything unless they, how it, you know, it really depends on how large the study is. But um, w- women are biologically designed to be more selective when it comes to choosing a mate. So, and that's why we can um, tend to be a little bit harsh, yep. and, and we can be very we can reject very easily. Um, do I think? I mean, it's it's weird because I I, I don't I, I'd have to really pay attention to myself if I find people who are I it. To me, it's not an attraction thing versus like I if think, I, find, I think it's like you're right. It's like your animal an, instinct being like, I need something to be aware. Of, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, I don't, I, I don't find said a problem. For our instinct. No, I don't find a problem with it at all. If a woman yeah. finds a guy remotely creepy, I think it's well within her right to step back, take a break and be like, I'm just not feeling this guy's vibes. And like, you don't have to give anybody the benefit of the doubt. I really feel I just I strongly disagree with. The person who wrote this study's Julie advice, Shaw. Julie Shaw, I strongly agree <laughs> with her advice. I feel like, you know, women are, th- we're at threat more, like physically we're, we're, we're usually smaller, uh, you know, I, I think if you find somebody creepy, you don't have to feel bad about, about walking away. Right. No, 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 I absolutely not. So this person that wrote this study can... No, I think no, but I think I'll withhold my judgment of the so-called creepy person. But yeah, I'm not like inviting them to my next birthday party or into my apartment. I I mean, the study just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, do you just are you turned off by this person or do you find them creepy? And I think those are just two very different things. It's like if you think someone's creepy because of their long fingers, (laughs) like are you just speaking colloquially, like oh he's creepy or she's creepy? Yeah, yeah, that is very different than. I can't describe it. I don't, I can't pinpoint it. I just get a weird vibe from this person. And that you got to listen to 1000%. Totally. Yeah. All right, you guys. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Watch out for creep. (laughs) Watch out. They're out there. What are you reading, Laura? So I was reading our favorite Science of Us. There's a Mm -hmm. new sex drug. It's called Valisi, which kind of reminds me of Khaleesi. I hope I'm saying it right. It's V-Y-L-E-E-S-I. 
I think it looks like it's pronounced Valisi, like Khaleesi, uh, by Edith Zimmerman. So she writes, the FDA just approved a new drug aimed at revving up women's libidos and treating low sexual drive. It's called Valisi. Now, this all sounds great. If you remember a while back, we talked on the podcast in 2015, uh, the FDA approved a drug called Addy, Addy. A-D-D-Y-E, mm-hmm. which was also designed to boost libido, but, like, nobody really wanted it because it, like, barely worked. People, you could, like, faint when you combined it with alcohol. It was just not a great drug. So, you know, this is a problem. It's really easy for a guy to just pop a pill, Viagra, and get a boner. But women suffer mm-hmm. low libido, too. So it's important that, you know, this this is more research is done and that the drug companies are taking women seriously. But, guys, wait till you hear about this. The drug calls for being injected shortly before sex into your abdomen or the oh, no. thigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hold on a second. Things are getting hot and heavy. Let me just yeah. like take a giant needle and stab it in my abdomen. Oh, um, in trials, 40% of the women who tried Valisi experienced nausea. The chief medical <laughs> officer for the company behind it, uh, AMAG, AMAG, I guess. I don't know. Pharmaceuticals told the the Times that they were obviously thrilled about being able to bring another option to patients. But what? They're trying to ride Khaleesi's coattails with something you need to inject in your abdomen and is gonna might make you throw up over the person you're trying to fuck. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, this is so typical. Why do men men can just pop a pill and women have to break out the needles they, they can't like <laughs> we're not at a place in science where we could just have a pill i don't get it like why can't i just get like a lady boner a little easier because yeah, i was if, on board you know, i was like i listen i'll take this but, i'll take the valisi khaleesi but i don't know anybody that would be comfortable like hell you would have no. to be really desperate hell in a no. desperate situation which, which is a serious right thing before, if, no I yeah can't. especially like you know a lot of women after you have baby like you can have a libido like yeah. this is Even a real no, it's, no it's yeah no it's but, very real Come on, you're 40% nausea, stabbing yourself in the abdomen or thigh, no thank you. Also, there are, like, I'm not an expert in this at all, but there are natural, what I am uh, somewhat aware of is that there are natural ways to address these things. Yes. Yeah. We're in the yoga world, there's homeopathic stuff. There, Yeah, you got to try Stress some stuff. Stress stuff, right. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I mean, for women, we've talked on the podcast with sexologists before. It's so mental. Uh, you got you got to try other options before you're stabbing yourself in the belly. Yeah, I mean, that just would no way for me. I personally. Couldn't. I don't no, like needles. It's, it's a no for me. It's, it's weird. No. I can get acupuncture, but I can't. Well, you're not inserting it into yourself. Yeah, and yeah. the needles are so small. It's very different. Yeah, yeah, Very negative. Right. Not happening. Fortunately, that's all we got right now, ladies. Um, All right, we're going to jump into the mailbox. So first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Make it yourself. Easily create a website all by yourself. If you can think it, you can dream it, you can make it with Squarespace. Angela and I love our Squarespace website, which is thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. If you want to see what we did on our website, we started just posting events that we were having uh, sketch shows at. Or, yeah, like our sketch show dates. And then it kind of grew from there. We were like, okay, now we've got some pictures from our sketch show. Let's add our gallery page. And then and then what came after that, Angela? We got our gallery. Press. So press started press. We created a press page. An important thing on our website is we have all the sponsors and codes for our show because that's a question we get asked a lot. We added our podcast page. Yep, now we got all of our codes. So the cool thing is, is that our website grew as our, I guess, brand grew, even though I hate calling us a brand. But... Yeah, as we grew, our website grew, and it was just 
a gazillion trillion times easier for us to just make a quick little change ourselves and having to like email some website builder that was going to charge me money every time I had them make a change. Uh, and it was really easy. Having a Squarespace website is really something that is useful for anybody, no matter what you do. You could be a jewelry designer, a clothing designer, a hairstylist, an interior designer. Maybe you work in real estate. Maybe you're a podcaster like us. It's all relevant to having a website. Um, they give you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have built-in search engine optimization so people can find you. And if you ever get confused, there is 24-7 award-winning customer support. We're hooking it up. Check out squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code single and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash single. And then use offer code single to save that 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We would like to thank our sponsor, Brooklinen. You spend one third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? You do two important things in your sheets. You sleep in them, and you probably have some sexy time. Okay, well, I guess you can have sexy time anywhere, but a lot of time I'm doing it in my sheets. I don't know. Sometimes I'm actually working in my sheets, too. That's right, because I'm a freelancer, so I can work anywhere. Sometimes I want to work in bed, guys, so I want my sheets to be comfortable. Um, I love Brooklyn and sheets. I actually purchased them for both my bedroom and my guest bedroom way before they were a sponsor of the show, which shows that I am just a genuine fan Brooklinen is awesome. That's why I, I found them. I found out about them on the subway, and I was like, "All right, let's check check them out." I ordered a pair of their sheets, loved them, and then ordered like five more. They are luxury sheets without the luxury markup, and now they've got their luxury linen line, which is awesome. They've got luxury linen sheets and robes. Their mission is to make you comfortable, which I think is a fantastic a fantastic mission. They've got 12 beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from. They're just great, guys. It's in their name, so you know it's good. Brooke Linen's newest linen collection is amazing. I couldn't recommend their products more for graduates, newlyweds, friends, or family, or treating yourself to the bedroom upgrade that you deserve, because you do. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code YOURSINGLE at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code YOURSINGLE at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code YOURSINGLE. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Jillian to answer this week? Okay, first up, we have an anonymous listener who writes in, I love your podcast and I am writing while I listen. Wow, double tasking. I know. Uh, I had a burning question. I have been single for three years, but dating and always meeting new people. I met a guy. Met a guy yeah, met a guy that yeah, met thought a guy, was really sweet. thought he was really sweet. We went on some cool dates and I even introduced him to my kids recently after six months of dating. That's a big deal. Um, she says, I do not like confrontation, but this guy made me want to slap him often. He was so insecure and seemed to be very secretive. We had a talk and he promised not to be so insecure. But lately, he decided to look in my phone and saw an unlisted number and decided again to accuse me of getting a number and talking to other guys. I broke up with him. Am I crazy to let this good guy go or is he nuts and deserves to be alone until he can control himself? Okay. So um, I don't think he deserves to be alone, but yeah, good thing. No, I'm glad she broke up with him. 
And right? no, I, I wouldn't second guess that for a moment, especially if you're a mom and you have kids. Yeah, not okay. If he's like going through your phone and snooping and then seeing a number that he doesn't recognize and then it, it, he's got assuming some... Assuming the worst. Like, assuming. Right. Why do people get so insecure like this? I mean, there's so many different reasons. Have you seen people like this in your practice? Absolutely. And I've had friends, you know, be like this. I mean, even before I started uh, coaching, this was something that I... I mean, I had friends who would snoop and all of that and people who were just highly insecure. I mean... There's a lot that goes on with that. One could be, one reason could, you know, one reason could be that you're with someone who actually is not that committed to you. So you're getting your jealousy. It could be something that happened in childhood. But either way, it's very hard, if not impossible, to function inside of a functional relationship if you have that much insecurity. You got to deal with it. And so she, I think she did the right thing. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't second guess this at all. No. He doesn't sound mature enough. If she has kids, he doesn't sound like a mature enough partner to be around your children if he's like going through your phone and then confronting her about an issue that he's like created in his mind. Yeah, but, I mean I mean like I've tried to make Nick jealous. But early on, you know. <laughs> well, we all have yeah, we've all like I've tried to make like Nick jealous. Like, oh, like I'm going out to lunch with my ex-boyfriend. Like 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 real out. and he just like could not care less. And you just, you know, and sometimes it's frustrating. You're like, what the hell? What do I gotta do? But I think, you know, if you're with a stable, secure, confident partner, they look at it like, look, I completely trust you because I'm in a trusting relate loving relationship and like god forbid something happened like what can i do to stop it like, right. like going through your phone wouldn't have stopped he's that so happening. chill he's so chill nick is so chill yeah. and listen i think you and i both understand the um the desire to snoop but love one, a good snoop it's one thing to do a little innocent snoop it's another to like but like when we do that we're like we know that this is our sickness if I saw it's an another un- to be like i'm gonna now make it about you and yeah. you've done this thing if i saw an unlisted number i mean come on do you know how much spam there is like people call like unlisted there's so many yeah, you so. know and actually this made me think of something else which i really think listeners need to hear which is this sometimes you'll meet someone who checks off everything in your list but then there's that one thing that's just really really off ignore all the rest and zoom in on the thing that's really off. Now, I'm talking about really off. I'm not talking about, oh, he does something that I would prefer him not to yeah, do. Yeah, nobody's going to check off every single N- box. No, because you're not going to. We're, we are flawed. And that's why you have to really know what you can live with and what you can't live with. But it's just, it's you know, you're going to find that all the time. Don't justify it to yourself you know, that everything is going to be fine because they're great on paper, but there's something deeply wrong, like him snooping and then him accusing her of stuff. I mean, six months in, great. Not a lot of time wasted. Move cut on. your losses. Yeah. yeah, cut your losses. Agreed. What else we got? Okay, next question. It's another, another anonymous listener, and they write, my question is, I've been in a relationship now for almost a year in July, so uh, this month, this guy is great, and we've just seemed to click. He's funny, sweet, understanding, and we've taken the various steps to move forward in our relationship, bring to different family events, met each other's friends, plus ones at weddings, plan a vacation together, etc. It feels great being in a relationship where I feel like we're both on the same page. 
I love this guy and I know he loves me. My concern is I feel like we're both in this sort of lovey-dovey honeymoon phase. Most of my past relationships have never lasted this long and he hasn't been in a long-term relationship before. I'm generally an anxious person, but I wanted to see what tips or advice you had to make it last through the honeymoon phase. This feels like it could be long-term, but I don't want the bubble to pop and feel stuck or like I could have cushioned reality hitting. I sense a lot of fear, a fear yeah. of fear of it ending. But uh, well, yeah, the what, first what thing, think? well, the first thing that if I were talking to her, I would want to know how old she is, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that age plays a factor in these things. And, um, you know, I, w- I want to know why he hasn't been in a long term relationship before. If he's young, that, then that kind of makes sense. If he's in his 40s or something or even 30s. Good point. Listeners, yeah. when you write in, tell us your age. Yeah. Also, I'm sick of the anonymous stuff. Like, come up with a fake funny, <laughs> at least come yeah. up with a fake funny name from now on. Those yeah. are our two new rules. Tell us your age. And, and tell, make up a funny and name. And make up a funny name if you don't want to give us your first name. Okay. Totally. Um, so, totally normal to be afraid of, of the honeymoon phase ending and what's going to happen after that, especially if you don't have a lot of experience of your relationships lasting very long. But this is grow up time. You know, uh, the, the, the honeymoon phase is a phase and what you want to aim to have happen after the honeymoon phase is something more profound and deeper. And that's only going to come from being transparent with one another and having communicating and discussing your fears and talking about where you want the relationship to go. And even being, I think it's a really healthy habit to be like, this is so great. We're like so in this lovey-dovey phase. Like, you know, um, I know that it's going to, we're going to, if we really last, we're going to go through several different phases. How do you feel about that? What are some of the things that you want to look out for? What are the things that you want to make sure that we communicate about on an ongoing basis? Because expect it to end, but expect the honeymoon phase to end. But be open to what can come after that, which is a lot more meaningful. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, every relationship has ups and downs. Like you've gone through rough patches with Ian. I've gone through rough patches mm-hmm. with Nick, especially after we like moved in with each other after a year and a half. And um, yeah, it's gonna happen. But I would, phase, it I can't would, last, but like it can come back in different, yeah. in a different form, in a different, in a different form. Yeah. But I would say I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't positive about wanting to like spend my life with Ian until we had gone through those rough patches. So mm-hmm. I do think they're important, but I also think they'll just come with time, you know. And then you'll just get if you if there is stuff that you're holding back and not wanting to fight about because you want to keep things like nice and perfect. Like eventually, you can't keep that up forever. So the other mm. shoe will drop, and and it will be fine. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I think people are very afraid of conflict and they're very afraid of what do I do when things are not perfect because most of us just feel very ill-equipped to deal with that, to deal with conflict, to deal with um, how do I fight well? How do I repair after a fight? So much stuff from childhood, man. So (laughs) much pressure raising a child. Yeah. I got to teach him how to deal with conflict. Yeah, I think that the, the best advice that I could ever give a parent is teach your kid to be strong. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is don't try to protect them from life's 
hardship. Oh, I thought you meant just like punch the other kid and grab a toy. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like lift weights. Uh, if any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any messages you want to share, email us at contact at this is why you're single show.com. Please be concise. List your age. No more anonymous. <laughs> Give us a funny name. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why you're single show.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is choosing the right partner. We talked about Jillian's five-step method earlier on in the show, but we have a couple last questions before we get to our reason of the week breakdown. Uh, Jillian, I'm just curious, can you spot when someone is the right partner when you're working with a couple, like if they're right for each other and how soon can you spot it? Are you yeah. like magic? Like they talk <laughs> to you for like one minute, 30 seconds, five minutes, and you're like, yep, nope. Yep, you guys are going to last. You're like the sorting hat of it, relationships. Yeah, I it depends, but usually after one session I I I can tell, but I'm, you know, it's not it's not foolproof because some couples are having a really hard time, but really what they need to do is stay together and learn how to work it out yeah. because they're going to grow together and actually they are well suited for one another. But, but you just can't tell, yeah. Uh, what's that? You just can't tell like in one it, that, that you might be getting them on a bad day. You mean? No, I can usually tell after one session. I'm just saying that oh. sometimes I'm wrong, but oh, yes, I yeah, can yeah. usually tell. And yeah, there are some couples where you can just tell right away. This is just, you guys are just not right for one another, or you both have so much more work to do before you can even f be in a functional relationship. So I can tell pretty, pretty quickly. When when Nick and I fight, it's like not very. We're like not that great at fighting. We don't fight very much, which is which is like the good part. But I'll never forget. It was like shortly after we got married, which was we were like had never been happier. But then uh, Nick didn't really want to wear his wedding ring because he's an artist. He didn't want like things on his hands, which I wasn't very receptive to. Which I can now under you know he's like I said he's the most trusting person. I trust him with my with my whole life. But that day we were fighting about. I was like, you need to wear your wedding ring because it's like means something to me. And he was like, I just don't like things on my hand. And uh, <laughs> and that we had a cooking class, like a cupcake making class that we were going to. And so we still went to the cupcake class, like in the middle of this fight. And everyone, we were like telling everyone, like we just got married, but we like had <laughs> we to keep, hate each other. But we had to keep like stepping out to like yell at each other. <laughs> and I was like, every couple at that cupping <laughs> that that cupcake making class was just giving like looks, like Why oh my were god, a cupcake making class. Uh, it was a gift that okay. we got for our wedding okay. and I was like oh Actually, my god a place where I would take off my ring yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like everyone there is probably like oh my god these poor people that just got married <laughs> are gonna be divorced in like a, a month but like we were just like having a bad day you know it was like a fight that we like then quickly got over where Nick was like okay I understand that like wearing a ring is like important to you okay I'll wear the ring it's gonna be annoying when I paint <laughs> but I'll wear it and I was like thanks like maybe take it off to paint or whatever we like came to a compromise but yeah it's fun I always wonder that with like uh, coaches and therapists like great uh, couples fight yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not the fighting it's what they do after the fight it's how they repair it does it go on and on and on do they not speak their peace or they become contempt contemptuous or resentful of one another afterwards do they hold grudges do they withdraw do they shut down do they control do they try to manipulate the situation do they punish it's the couples that are punishing of one another that I get that I get very suspicious of it's not the fighting it's the it's it's how you fight mm. 
Yeah, we don't fight very well, but then like once it's resolved, there's no but resentment. You re- but you repair well. We repair that's, well. That's what I mean. We yeah. need to get better at the fighting. I just revert to like, it's all childhood shit, you know? Like but At least you're communicating. No, it's very clear. Like I'm like a little kid, like, ah, I'll lock you out of the <laughs> out, of, out of the bedroom. Oh, it's always the and little kid that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, it's like I turn into a little child fighting with my parents and he turns into a child too who, you know, like just you know, closed off, whatever. Yeah. It's all childish. I still, yeah. Which yeah. is also childish. Yes. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it's like, we know, yeah, we, we know. can always yeah. fix it. it we know. Can stop it. Yeah. And actually, I know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. I'm like throwing a tantrum. So here's, here's a little healthy tip. <laughs> Talking about that with your partner and having a laugh about it, like having a laugh, like, Oh, I sulk. And like, yeah, you do. And I do this. Like that kind of communication is extremely healthy. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, we we do afterwards. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I was like a little child, and I like, you know, locked the door and went you in the bedroom. <laughs> that's good. I think that's good. A plus. Okay, yeah. Good. Um. So, can being with the right person change over time if you change? Kind of like what we talked about earlier about yeah. how like sometimes it's just not the right person at this next stage in your life, and like absolutely, and like that's really depressing thought for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, it's a stomach. It's it's hard. Um. Some people are really just meant to be your person for a, a chapter or two and not for the long term. And yeah, people do grow apart. And that's... Uh, How can we stop it as, <laughs> as like a, as someone who... Two people in long-term relationships. Yeah. Um, you plan on growing. We can't, right? You can't. Um, but, you know, listen, here's the thing. People are going to grow and change regardless. And so the ones where they stay together, they're talking about it. They're inspiring each other's growth. They're, they're each growing individually. They're growing together. They're, they're, they're coming through compromise. They're reaching compromises. Um, but just sometimes you change so much and the other person doesn't. And you just don't see the world the same way anymore. And you're, you don't want the same things. It's sad, but you got to accept it as a part of life. It is what it is. On that note, <laughs> it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. The most depressing note to end on yeah. for, our, for our next... But, but, but good to tr- be aware of. But the truth, truth of the world. All right, it is hard to choose the right person we are going to find out who's right for jillian in one of our favorite games fuck mary kill we're gonna name three people (laughs) jillian has to decide who she would fuck who she would marry and who she would kill these famous people they're famous people okay okay are you ready to play oh yeah i'm down all right angela take it away okay first round is singers themed your options are john legend bruno mars and adam levine fuck mary kill Gut uh, instinct. Adam Levine, fuck. That's a good choice. Bruno Mars, kill. Okay. He annoys me. And John Legend, I don't really know. I don't know very much, but my my instinct says Mary. Good guy. Yes. Seems I, like yeah. a good guy from Instagram. Yes. On, uh, Chrissy Teigen's Instagram. Seems like the Seems best like of the best. Seems like a great husband. Yeah, yeah. But we, we, we have no idea. We have is, no right? idea. Because you just never know. You but, don't know. But that's just like first impression. Uh, gurus. Deepak Chopra, Marianne <laughs> Williamson, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Who are you going to fuck? <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm very straight. So Marianne Williamson, I, you know, I wouldn't kill her and I wouldn't marry her and I wouldn't fuck her. So that's a hard one. Okay. Um, wait, say them again. Marianne Williamson. Deepak Chopra, uh-huh. Dalai Lama, Marianne Williamson. 
Wow. Can I plead the fifth? <laughs> all right. All right. We'll give you one plead the fifth of this round. Yeah. You're going to use it? I mean, I think, boy, I just would not fuck any of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all dead. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yep. Um, all right. Next round, actors. I'd befriend all of them. How about that? Okay. Okay. okay actors. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington, Robert Downey Jr., and George Clooney. Robert Downey Jr., Jr. fuck. Yeah. Um, who are the other two? Denzel Washington and George Clooney. Denzel Washington killed. I don't know why. He just seems like he's a dick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know him, but I've gotten mm-hmm. that vibe, even though I think he's really hot. Yeah. Um, that leaves you George Clooney to marry. Marrying George. Well, at least if, you yeah, end yeah, up marry you George, if I must. At least you end up with a place in Italy. Yeah, if yeah. I must, it would be marry George. Yeah. All right, we got another round of actors. Uh, Leo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, and The Rock. Okay, Leo DiCaprio, definitely fuck. I've heard he's incredible in bed. And, from uh, who? From Do spill. I'm not going to spill, but I've heard from good sources. Wow. Um, sorry, I'm so bad. Tom with Hanks in The Rock. Um, God, The Rock. That's a big, really big dude, right? Mm-hmm. Something? Oh, man. I would. Ma- I think t- it would be. I don't. Wouldn't kill either one of them, but I would consider marrying either one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, All right. you could have a hair. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah, yeah. not? Sure. Why not? We're breaking okay. all the rules. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, next round is comedians themed. Your options are Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and John Stewart. <laughs> oh my God! It's. Oh God. Oh man. Gut. Just go with your gut. Um, Chris Rock John Stewart and Jerry Seinfeld Jerry Seinfeld I think I'd marry okay um, do you want to fuck Chris Rock or John Stewart oh god neither I think Chris, I think Chris Rock fuck and kill John Stewart yeah. okay. oh my god yeah. John Stewart is my dream husband but yeah, I, don't, I would marry him I don't know maybe I, I think would, I'd kill Jerry Seinfeld but I'm too tall for him yeah, yeah maybe kind of I, annoying later, yeah you know what life. you know what I, I, I think I would kill Jerry Seinfeld I don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah I actually de- I think he would lately. I think yeah he seems a little detached so I think yeah. I would kill him John Stewart does seem really friendly and open so I think I'd marry him yep. yep you know what maybe relating back to our conversation earlier different phases of your life yep. maybe your ch- choices yeah. would be different I think back in the day I would have gone for Jerry Seinfeld but something he seems sort of removed yeah like cold he's from another time yeah he's a little he's like Biden yeah all right last up is so funny is dogs a lab a pug and a chihuahua I can't talk about fucking a dog yeah if you were a dog if you were a glorious poodle I mean the lab we're not doing bestiality on this show guys okay yeah I can't handle this it's not that kind of show pug or chihuahua the chihuahua I'd kill um the pug I'd marry the lab I right. can't even say that <laughs> it feels weird feels I weird I a poodle I like only I as a poodle I yes. as a poodle we just added that round because Jillian's <laughs> a dog lover like I am yes all right guys that was a great episode so informative we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's this is why you're single podcast thank you so much to our guest Jillian follow her newsletter it is so informative and check out all of her stuff at Jillian Turecki dot com uh her last name is spelled t-u-r-e-c-k-i 
Instagram.com. Any other plugs that we should tell people? Yeah, about? Um, my Instagram handle is at Jillian Tarecki. But really, uh, you know, by the time this comes out, I'll be launching my membership for women. So get on my site, reach out to me and get on it. I made it super, super affordable. And you can go in there for wherever you are in your relationship journey. It's like every tool that I have in my back pocket is going to be in this membership. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Tell tell her you found you found her through us. I don't know why. Yeah, just, just because. Just, just yeah. say yeah. hi. Reach out. Reach out. Yeah, we don't get anything from it, but like, you <laughs> know, just just give a little hi. Yeah. Um, check out our book, Plug for Ourselves. It's available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, and we've got an audiobook on Audible. Yep. And get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for full list of sponsors in the coach. Check out our podcast page on this is why your single show.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. 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 This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast.